Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight's on the Band from Ringside podcast, NXT makes a bunch of cuts. NJPW has a very eventful and newsworthy and good pay-per-view. Uh, we have WWE Backlash Predictions, and AEW has a so-so dynamite. You know what? That doesn't sell it very well. Just that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. <laughs> You know, I tried to do these off the cuff, yeah, and it's like, man, do I want to waste my time and Jason's time by starting over, or does everybody ditch that nine to five? It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. You're going to be kayfabe. Say the goddamn words. You're going to be kayfabe. <laughs> Say the goddamn fucking words. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> And two high left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. <laughs> say, say it, bitch, say it! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and on For all that, you Reservoir Dogs fans out there. <laughs> right? And on that glove, we know allows the power hits and a read from the latest edition. <laughs> that might be my favorite one ever. <laughs> I love Reservoir Dogs. As I read from the latest edition of the Man for Ringside podcast, volume 255, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good spark saying, Hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. I want to kick this show off the right way on a positive note. Um, those who were at wrestling at the Grandel, first and foremost, thank you very much for coming out. I had an amazing time. For sure. Um, Joey spoke ravingly about everything that happened around the show itself before, during, and after. Um the gentleman, I'm sure that he is listening. I hope he's listening. The gentleman that wore the white kayfabe shirt with the sports coat on, slide to my DMs. I got some more uh, shirts for you, so let's get you updated on shirts. Outside of that, man, I, I was really blown away by the production of wrestling or Grandel Wrestling and the fact that it, it has kind of gotten some national traction. W- Really is kind of scary because, let's just face it, Joey's Why? not, you know, he's not Tony Khan. He's not VKM. He's not No, he's even... better and he's smarter. <laughs> he books a better show. That bad boy was tight. It was just under three hours. Um, I'm happy for the, Joey. One of the best things. Go ahead. No, happy for Joey. Happy for St. Louis. Um, he's already talking about round two next year. Um, it was an amazing time. It was good. It was one of the few times I was proud to be of St. Louis, and that's saying something. Tremendous event in a beautiful venue. That's my first time ever going there. Mine I too. I, I talked to people that had gone see bands there. It would be incredible to see a band there. But, man, it was incredible to see a wrestling show there. There really wasn't a bad seat in the house. Mm-hmm. I was down low for a match. I was up high for a match. Um Unfortunately, uh, my crew that was that I was going with that we had a booth. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it, so I was kind of a uh, I was kind of a butterfly. I was I was, <laughs> I was kind of going around. You know, I was I I watched a couple matches with you and Murray. I watched a couple matches with David Patterson and Kristen and Jim. And uh, you know, I met my favorite troll. Right, right. I was getting ready to say, dude, Matt Patrick. Yeah, mate. 
Let's try this again. You met Patriot Pat. I thought that might have been a little bit of a scrum, but unfortunately that's uh Why do you think me and Patriot Pat would have been a scrum? Uh, well, you know, I'm talking about Gonzalez. <laughs> that's my favorite troll. I know who you're talking about. I'm just saying when I saw Patriot Pat for the first time, he was like, where's Bill? Where's Bill? I was like, uh. <laughs> no, we had a good time. Come on. It's, I think he's around here somewhere. It's all love. No, it, it is all good. It's all love, and it was a great time. Actually, I, I took a picture of me and Mike, and uh, – he does kind of look like, like he's from my mom's side of the family. Oh, I was like, for sure. Shit. I was like, are we fucking related? Oh, for sure. And I'm like, what in the fuck? These I hope we are. Way too I hope we are because I invited them to Christmas. <laughs> it was a fun match. What was your highlight or fun fun night all around? Like I said, great venue. Uh, the bartenders were great. The wrestlers were fantastic. I thought that it was booked well, and I'm not just saying that because I know the booker. I didn't know right. anything that was going to happen. It was really, really fun. What was your favorite match of the night? Probably the curtain jerker. Um, Josh Alexander versus Camaro uh, Jackson opened the show, and the crowd was hot. The match was good. Josh Alexander kind of slid into a heelish mode for the match just because – he was representing the world. Camaro Jackson, obviously rep- representing the uh, the three one four. So it was it was cool to see that Josh Alexander wasn't necessarily oblivious to what was happening around him. He got he came in, he got cheered because you know it's Josh Alexander. He's the Impact Champion. But once that bell rang, it was basically the lines were drawn, and it was STL versus the world, and fans played into it. Josh Alexander played into it. Camaro Jackson, I think, is one of the up-and-coming guys that you don't know, especially locally. I've only seen him maybe a handful of times, but, you know, each time I've seen him, it's it's more and more impressive every time. So, yeah, I would go with the curtain jerker. You were very correct to say that it was a – when you said it was less than three hours, it's hard for a crowd at an event like that to get worn out if you keep it less than three hours. And that is – you know, maybe not everybody gets the time that they think that they deserve. But as a fan sitting there, and I can only speak as a fan, I can't speak as a wrestler, it was perfect for me. It was, no, it, it, it was just fucking perfect. Three hours, I think, were programmed by WWE as the cutoff point. The four, five, if it goes six, that's AEW, New Japan World. That's where you start to lose some fans. I loved Gary J versus Aaron Williams. As the ladder match for the Gateway Heritage Championship, I, I expected to love that match. You know, Mike Outlaw versus Alex Shelley was fucking great. Techn- another, another technical difficulties that, that versus West Coast Wrecking Crew. Those are those are four that. guys that I really didn't know at all, and they were four guys that popped me the entire time. West Coast Wrecking Crew is a is a really good tag team. I see them a lot on. Uh, New Japan strong part of Team Filthy. When when you're at a show like that, and I don't go to as many indie shows as I probably should, you know. Uh, you know, you didn't even mention Lucha Chris. It was great seeing Lucha Chris. It was great seeing Lucha Chris. I did. I well, I didn't forget him per se, but go well, ahead. I, I, I get he it. got he, he got he, us our ticket. Well, he's so. part he's part of the crew. crew. Yeah, so he's like, BFR fam. Right. Yeah, but um, which that was cool to see too. I don't go as many. I don't go to as many indie shows as certainly he does or as you do. But when I go there. I like to get real into it. It's like, okay, so I, I'm here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to chant and I'm going to hashtag boo the heels. I'm going to cheer the faces. 
and I'm going to yell at the fucking idiots that sit real close to the ring that decide to try to make themselves part of the show. It's it's one of my biggest pet peeves. When I used to play in bands, it was one of my biggest pet peeves when people would try to make themselves part of the show. Listen, there are performers and there is audience. And you, my friend, are an audience. So don't try like if you want to start chance, go ahead and start chance. I start chance. Yeah, Bobby's. Come on. Yeah. But don't try. There was a guy down at the at the front of the ring that was trying to get everybody to look at him so that he could get the crowd to do things. And Cedric, I got a text message from Cedric. I didn't even see Cedric. I saw Cedric a couple of times. <laughs> He's I like, man, you him. yelling at that bald dude to shut the fuck up. What's the funniest thing? Or, I forget <laughs> what he said. I don't think I was saying shut the fuck up. I think no, I was, you were saying shut the fuck up. Shut oh, the fuck I? down. Yes. <laughs> I say dog, could, you know, hits me up on Twitter. He I didn't just even said see it you like yelling at that drunk bald guy was fucking great. <laughs> and I replied, you're not part of the show. <laughs> like, I look over at dog. He, he's looking at Mike's looking at me, and I'm like, you know, I'm talking about shows like, I don't know what to tell you, dog. What, when I was yelling at the dude? <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, shut the fuck up, He's like, dude. come get your boy. I'm like, eh. <laughs> he's doing what he wanted to do. I agree with that. If you're not part of the show, don't act like you're part of the show. Don't. I, I'm not going to sit up here and defend that man. He was definitely don't trying ta- to Don't tackle Dave attention. Chappelle. Don't go after the first base coach. Don't streak across the fucking field. Don't, don't fuck with Mike Tyson on don't airplanes. Don't fuck with Mike Tyson. Well, I mean, that's. Obvious, but that's people not, have done it. That's not a show, though. I mean, I'm just talking about the show. Like, either you're part of the show or you're not. Don't try to be part of the show if you're not part of the show. Because you know what? The people that are part of the show have put in work to become part of the show. And you showed up drunk to a wrestling event. And you tried to circumvent all that stuff to try to bring the attention on you. And you're taking away from these people that have done work that have trained that have worked out that fucking lift weights that do all this shit to get where they are and it's not about you anyway that's a little no, that, Sorry. that's that's right on point uh shout out to uh, samir and sharif saw them at uh Grandel wrestling on a uh, saturday night so i mean great f- seeing them yeah. uh high five time high five time uh i'll say we hung out afterwards after uh Grandel wrestling or whatever talked about the good wrestling St. Louis just life in general so it was, you know it's good to hang out with him it sounds like we got tickets for Forbidden Door so high five time strikes again God bless that dude um, Christ. shut the fuck up and in any event I think this was if this is going to be a jumping off point for St. Louis wrestling where we get you know more national you know wrestling events WWE AEW shit like that hell if if you know if impact decided they wanted to roll in this motherfucker GCW's coming into town in, here in a couple of weeks the national talent seemed happy i yeah. know i know that bunch of them showed up to the after party yeah which I was is saw, at, saw them at the after party at or Jack whatever Patrick's, uh, which is me and Mike Outlaw had a uh, interesting conversation because we had the same sweatshirt on, so that was a, a little awkward. But <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it was a good time, man. I'm, like I said, I'm happy for Joey. I'm proud for Joey. Um, I don't know what this does for St. Louis on the national map of wrestling, but for this one day, we we had the eyes of the world on us, and, and Joey did an amazing job, and I'm proud of him. Totally agree. Without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, dealer's choice. Uh, since we have backlash predictions, I, th- I guess we'll do that. And uh, WWE releases towards the end. I'm going to steal a little thunder and do 
something I normally don't do. Usually I fall in the grenade and talk about the bad shit. But this week, I'm talking about the good shit. I'm talking about something that had me absolutely excited and ready to go. We're going to slide over to Japan and talk a little New Japan wrestling for the weekend. The uh, New Japan Golden Fight Series was concluded on uh, Sunday, May 1st, with the main event being Okada versus Naido for the IWGP Championship. We can talk about that in a second. Um, For those who don't know, May 1st in Fudoka was when the Bullet Club was formed. Um, Prince DeWitt, um, Bagluck Fale, Carl Anderson, and Tamatanga, they are known as the Core Four. So if you watch New Japan Wrestling and you hear Kevin Kelly refer to the Core Four, that's the Core Four. They turned on Taguchi and formed the Bullet Club, and you know the rest from there. So that's kind of the backdrop for the event where this was basically the Bullet Club's birthday. And Bullet Club had an amazing fucking birthday, to say the least. Uh, Taishi Taishi Ijimori wins back the IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight, Light Heavyweight Championship from Desperado. Uh, I think that was my favorite match of the night. Um, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens win the... IWGP Tag Team Championships and a bit of a surprise and a, a triple threat. A bit of a surprise? They I mean. pinned the right team, but we can break that down here in a second. Um, Juice, Juice Robinson, I'm sorry, comes back after Tanahashi wins the U.S. title over Ishii. Um, they had to pull Will Ospreay from the match because he unfortunately caught COVID. They put Ishii in. <laughs> Easy replacement, another great fucking match. Ishii just doesn't have match, bad matches. I'm just, I'm convinced on that. That might have been my, I, I don't want to say that was my match of the night because, of, well, go ahead, go ahead. Um, in the post match after Tanahashi won, Chase Owens comes out, which makes sense for those who are big New Japan fans. Chase Owens did defeat Tanahashi in the G1 and did not get a. U.S. title match because, obviously, Tanahashi lost the title subsequently thereafter. So when Chase comes out, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Chase is going to go after double championship. And then a hooded figure comes out, and it becomes Juice Robinson. Very surprising turn just because rumors had Juice Robinson leaving New Japan Wrestling. I have to had him out the door pretty much. I was trying to think where he would come up next. Apparently, he waved goodbye to a crowd at yeah. Chicago, and he yeah, said that, all the that right was, things. That was and, that was us in Windy City Riot. Yeah, it was um, it. David Finley had got, scored the pin in that six man, and he was just kind of like, "No, no, no, go ahead, you know, take the flowers, you know, get showered with the love." And that was one of the last times I saw Juice Robinson. And the next thing you know, I look up and I'm seeing Juice Robinson and Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens laying the boots on the ace. Surprising turn of events, but for me, probably not the biggest surprise. For me, the biggest surprise is on the main event with Okada and Naito as the main event. Unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, Okada did retain sorry i'm a naido mark that's just what i do every fucking time they get me i know i know okada is gonna win i know that like will not will osprey but zach saber jr is gonna win the new japan cup i know these things but every fucking time 
I get sucked into the match just because I'm a big-ass Naito, Mark. So, of course, I get sucked into this match. Naito loses. I don't even know I've seen, ever seen the Cobra twist from Okada before, but neither here nor there. Uh, nice move set to finish the match. I'm a little depressed, you know, kind of forewarned about what's getting ready to happen. You know, I see Okada in the ring celebrating. I'm feeling like, okay, this is probably a good time to go ahead and turn it off. And I'm getting ready to turn off the laptop, and then the lights go out. I'm like, okay. So in my knee-jerk reaction, I was saying before the match, it could either be Switchblade or Kota Ibushi to come out next to challenge Okada. And then it was Switchblade Jay Wright. And that's when things really got very, very interesting, to say the least. Switchblade throws out his challenge and then proceeds to destroy Okada with the help of the Bullet Club to finish the show. Like I said, from the start, this was Bullet Club. Happy birthday from start to finish. Tamatanga, I forgot about Tamatanga. One of the few, I wouldn't even say quote-unquote bright spots, but when uh, House of Torture loses at any given point, that's always a good thing. When Evil lost to Tamatonga for the uh, the Never Openweight Championship, I, I I genuinely thought it was a surprise. I was waiting for more House of Torture fuckery. It didn't happen. Tamatonga won, and I thought you know we were going right off into the sunset. You know Tamatonga on people's shoulders. Everybody's happy. Uh 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 uh. The Good Brothers come out. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows proceed to destroy Tamatonga Tonga Loa. Jado, the whole shebang. Carl Anderson makes his challenge for the Never Openweight Championship. So even when Bullet Club doesn't lose, they still win. For me, like I said, 5-1 for New Japan was all Bullet Club all day long. I'm excited for where this is going to go. I've been waiting patiently for Jay White to come back. I think he is a key component in New Japan moving forward. He's the straw that stirs the drink as far as I'm concerned when it comes to heels over in New Japan and the fact that he's back and all the chaos he's caused while he was gone. He's going to have to pay some dues, but I'm excited to watch this moving forward. Spectacular event. Um, We've been watching. We've never given up on New Japan, although I know a lot of the wrestling world has. We've been watching it through the entire pandemic, and Japan has been taking – the pandemic more seriously than the U.S. It's, that's not a controversial statement. <laughs> this feels like New Japan has turned a corner and that we're getting back to maybe not normal, but we're getting back to New Japan where everybody's there. It seems like the roster has been limited and it's all been the same guys over and over again. The G1 didn't really have any surprises. We'll get to the best of the Super Juniors, which has a couple surprises mm-hmm. but this was a pay-per-view or an event that kind of it what's the phrase i'm looking for it's like i'm it 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 moves the needle <laughs> it's, a Roman, it's a Roman Reigns pay-per-view. It's it 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 moves the needle. Well, stuff happened. It's like okay, it's a lot so of stuff the, happened. yeah, a lot of stuff happened, and it being Bullet Club's night goes into what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where there were rumors on the dirt sheets that 
there was going to be this long, multinational, multi-continental, multi-promotional Bullet Club angle that was going to be the Bullet Club overall. And maybe we're going to see a civil war. Maybe that civil war started with Tamatanga and Tangaloa getting kicked out and XYZ, right? I just like that there's now there's a story now it is it's bullet club versus everybody which i know gives you i know it kind of to western fans it's kind of like well isn't this nwo it's like yeah it is nwo which was fucking 24 years ago guess where the nwo was born in japan right so now we have juice robinson joins bullet club we have ishimori wins love the match i don't want to say my match of the night was tanahashi Ishii, because my match tonight was probably Naito Okada, just because every single time those two guys have a match, they build a little bit of, off, off of their of the match before, off yeah. the match before. And you're right, he won with that jackknife, which it even seemed to surprise uh, the the color commentator, commentator again. Uh, what's Kevin Kelly and uh, Chris Charlton? It even seemed to surprise Chris Charlton, who kind of has a encyclopedic knowledge of New Japan wrestling. I loved Ishii. Tanahashi. I love that there was a through line. You know, I was watching it today. My wife had some training today. I took the day off. I had a daddy daughter day. I went to a I went to a little gym this morning. I don't know if you know what a little gym is, but Hell it, no. it's a place where a bunch of moms in yoga pants go with their kids. Oh. And it's all babies. Oh, and oh, oh, okay. all of a sudden there's Bill wearing his Pelicans hat and his New Japan T shirt. And uh, uh, and they're like, Okay, introduce yourself. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you have me all the way up to introduce yourself. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so uh I'm oh, Uncle Jason. <laughs> oh, I, I go, uh, hey, I'm Bill and this is Edna May and uh so uh and they were like, Well is your wife okay? I was like, Yeah, she's not sick. She's just uh taking some classes today. So we're having a daddy daughter day and I swear to God all 13 women at the exact same time. That's exactly what they did. They were like, oh, and I was like, God damn, this is easy. It's Shoot like fish in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Edna May's coming with me for a couple weekends. I'm, I'm telling you, hey, fellas out there, if you're single and you got a nephew or niece that age, <laughs> offer to take him to the little gym. Just be like, ah, I'm uncle. I'm, we're just having an uncle niece day. Oh, and oh, my God. Oh, you're so nice. God damn. I should have thought of this before. What the fuck? Anyway, I mean, so I was... I watched a lot of wrestling today. Uh, you know. Me and Edna May did. Uh, she was playing, and you know we were eating eating applesauce and Greek yogurt and shit. And I watched it basically starting at eight a.m. And I watched it over the next six hours as we had other stuff to do and everything. I was very surprised. I started with the chase. I started with the tag match because I knew that that was the the first match of consequence. Really. Yeah, for sure. Started with that shock that. Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale won. Basically, really shocked that Cobb and Great O'Conn did not retain. But they didn't get pinned. They didn't. I, I, I get it. And that's the only redeeming. I get you. I get what you're saying. For them, that's for not such to a even, wrestling contrivance, though. It's not my favorite wrestling contrivance. Like, it's hard to win. It's You shouldn't be able to win the belts without pinning the champs, but that's neither here nor there. That's been around for as long as wrestling. It's the bad part about the triple threat. Yes. Okay. Certainly about a tag triple threat. Okay. For me, I'm okay with it. The champs didn't get pinned. They're going to be next to get their their title shot back. 
I didn't watch the backstage comments, but I'm sure that's going to be some sort of chatter with there. But I guess that kind of sets the tone for the Bullet Club day, Bullet Club birthday. It did, yeah, and it makes sense. It makes complete sense in hindsight. For sure. Then I was just uh, like, what the fuck uh, just happened? <laughs> Tamatanga goes over evil. I'm kind of, you know, if you're going to make me suffer through two years of House of Torture and two years of evil matches kind of sucking, I, I popped. I popped when they lost. Yeah, I was very surprised just because I was I don't was know waiting. if it was worth two years of it. but No, it's I, never I, worth two <laughs> years of it. I popped, when he, I popped when he won. I didn't expect him to win, honestly. Uh, and it's a great way to make a baby face. If you're trying to make... Tangaloa and Tamatanga, a babyface, you know, group or tag team, tag team or whatever yeah, they for are. For lack of a better term, yeah. The best way to have them do it is to go against House of Torture. Now, I'm going to skip ahead real fast just yeah, to ask ahead. you this question. House of Torture was not out at mm-hmm. the end when Switchblade was right. out there with Bullet Club. Right. Are we? Is that part of the Civil War or is House of Torture just not part of Bullet Club anymore? Because House of Torture was always kind of this offshoot. Right. I don't think that in this scenario, House of Torture should have been a part of this uh, Bullet Club celebration at the end where they're, you know, they're pouring beer on Okada and it was basically Bullet Club. That to me is Bullet Club. They are House of Torture. Granted, they have the same tactics. You know, it's basically fuckery. You know, get the guy over. And the guys in House of Torture never quit Bullet Club. No. When e- push Evil came never to, quit Bullet Club. When push came to shove... They were in on the Tamatonga Tonga Goa attack. Okay, fair enough. Maybe this might be a civil war down the line. I had said when Jay White was gone and evil was rising to prominence, one of the things I was looking forward to when Jay White came back was a Bullet Club civil war, you know, for the top of the you know, the the faction itself. I'm not saying that it's still it's not going to happen. It's just it's probably going to be down the line. You Jay, know what I'm saying? Jay White's been gone for a year. They said it was a year to the day. Jay White's been gone from Japan for a year to the day. At the time when Jay White left, you and me, you know, and we haven't even brought up Zach Pullman. Sorry. <laughs> Zach Pullman's not here tonight. <laughs> Dexter, you haven't guessed. Dexter, Dexter has, has his track. <laughs> God damn, what we have to go back and do we have to start over? <laughs> Rewind this whole what a, shit. <laughs> what a bunch of dicks. No, no, no. I I got off on the wrestling uh Grandel wrestling tangent. Yeah. We forgot to say about to Zach, about Zach not being yeah, here. Yeah, because he wasn't there I either. Think, honestly, I think it's the fact that we have backlash predictions. This is the week he had a uh track meet, quote unquote. Oh uh, yeah, Dexter's track meet. <laughs> go get him, Dexter. At your Track meet. <laughs> no, really, go get that. Yeah, for real, get We're that scholarship, boy. Uh, but the last time we saw Jay White, all three of us were in agreement. This is the dude. Like this guy cuts a fucking tremendous promo. He wrestles great matches. He wrestles different main event matches than you usually see in in New Japan. It's so great to see him back, and it's really fun to see him kind of thrust into, uh, hey, he's a leader He's a leader of this shit. Well, 
And I think Kevin Kelly deserves a lot of credit for that because as things were progressing, he always would say, you know, and Jay White's the puppeteer, Jay White's the catalyst. You know, I can't wait for Jay White to come back. I thought he was 8,000 miles away. And he's still pulling the strings. So when he does come back, you know, the crowd was just like, oh, you know, (laughs) you can't really say anything, but you could tell, like, they were shocked. You know, it's a big deal in that aspect. You're not going to have him in a never open weight title scene. There is no Intercontinental Championship anymore, so there's only one place to go. Okada's a natural enemy. It all makes sense. I didn't realize it was a year. Now that you say it, it kind of feels like it's been a year. Either way, for me, like I said, the the disappointment of a night, another Naito loss and him putting somebody else over. And I know I said in the past that he should start putting guys over. But Zack Sabre Jr. to me is over. Okada's way to fuck over. So, I mean, that isn't necessary where I was going with. Disappointment there. Exalted. He's leaving for surgery, though, too, right? He he has an eye thing that's giving him double vision. Like That was news to me. That's news for you right now? Yes. Like, I heard that he is... Going away because he's having eye surgery that he's been having double vision real bad. And now you that, don't? Yeah. And, and then he's got to get taken care of, which is like, man, if he's having those double matches vi- with double, double vision, vision. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You stole my thunder there. That makes sense just the way things were kind of booked where you kind of look moving forward. Naito is the only person that I can think of that doesn't have something down the line. You know what I'm saying? When they come to Washington, Okay, with Tanahashi winning the title, Moxley had called him out at Windy City Riot. So then now Will Ospreay is like, well, fuck this. We're going to make it a triple threat match. And then all of a sudden I see yesterday they announced a a fatal four-way with Juice Robinson, Ospreay, Tanahashi, and uh, Moxley for the 15th and Washington for the the U.S. title. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys are killing me over here. What? Yeah, it, it was just announced like yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's not waste any time. I love it. I didn't ever thought that the, I agree with you saying that New Japan was down. Never lost faith. It's still my number one. And like I said, for me, when Jay White came back, that has like reinvigorated me on New Japan. I want to see what happens next. Everybody, and I agree with you. There was a lot of just stagnant. You know, matches, things that we've seen before, people we've seen before. Doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it bad, but when you bring back Will Ospreay, when you bring back Jay White, that makes things more interesting. What did you think about Ishii Tanahashi as a match, though? Like, weren't they both, like, you're so used to watching both of them wrestle their own matches, and then they both kind of, like, wrestled the other guy's match. They they even stole the other guy's move at a certain point during the I love match. it when Tanahashi gets mad when he just kind of gets pissed off. Like you, you don't see that from Tanahashi, and when you do see that, that's usually a, a scenario where, you know, you've pushed a button, you probably ain't got no business pushing. In this case, Ishii just wasn't going anywhere. Right. You know, he had Ishii had him in the corner, which was like, yeah, you can take a shot at me, but I'm going ha- to hold you in this corner. You ain't moving. That was early in the match. Like I said, Ishii just doesn't have bad matches for me. A part of me wanted him to win this match just because I feel like I don't want to say we've seen his ceiling when it comes to titles, but I don't know if we'll ever see him as the IWGP champion. 
There is no Intercontinental Champion anymore. He's won the Never six times. Um, I totally forgot about the Kenny Omega match. He was in the uh, the inaugural. Um, He'll never be heavyweight champion. I don't think so. No. I mean, he, it, I would love to see it. It's just. He's well, Japan's Mr. Perfect. He, it's not a bad thing to be. It's a good thing to be. Wow. Uh, tell me what you thought about. Despy versus Ishimori. Like I said, for me, this was my match of the night. Um, if Ishii doesn't have bad matches, Desperado just definitely doesn't have bad matches. Obviously, with Best of Super Juniors coming up here in a few days, uh, I was wondering who was going to be the champion coming in. I like Desperado a lot. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. If if Yujiro Takahashi was not Yujiro Takahashi, Hiromu Takahashi wasn't a thing in the junior heavyweight division, it would be Desperado and everybody else coming after him. Even when he he being Desperado is the champion, it still kind of feels like it's Hiromu's division. So I wanted to see Desperado go on a nice little title run get in the best of Super Juniors, and then, you know, if somebody beats him at that point, that would be his next contender. And then, obviously, whoever wins uh, BSOJ will be having a title match with him probably at Dominion. Unfortunately, I shouldn't even say unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Taiji Ishimori is, I think, one of the two or three best junior heavyweights I've seen in the world, and he and Desperado just have another incredible match with reversals, all across the board. The tap out for me was, I don't necessarily hate it, just because Ishimori was working the arm from very much from the start of the match. I shouldn't say from the start of the match, but let's just say five, ten minutes in. All the way to the finish, you had Ishimori work the arm inside the ring, work the arm on the, uh, the ring post, and then ultimately it led to one of the better finishes of the night where he taps out uh desperado like i said for me i don't and have a cripple crossface i don't know if they can say cripple crossface but yeah well japan can this is true um like i said for me this is one of those matches where it was it was a coin flip coming in i wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have mattered who won for me because i think that like i said there are two of the three best junior heavyweights in the world. I'm not even going to just go with New Japan. I'm just, I'll put the whole world into it. You can figure out who you want as the third guy. But for me, this was a nice way to lead into BSOJ where they announced uh, the BSOJ field. We could talk about that in a second. But like I said, for me, I did not have a problem with this. These two can wrestle a best of seven, and I would be down for a best of seven because I think it would go to seven matches. No one guy would have more of a two-win you know, streak over the other. I would almost say, like I said, it would one guy would win, the other guy would win. It's well, a true rivalry in the junior heavyweight division. Well, we talked about the tag match. We talked about the U.S. match. We talked about the main event. We talked about the junior heavyweight match. Uh, we talked about the never match. Let's move on to the Battle of Super Juniors, which I think that the biggest, certainly for a Western audience which I am. I don't know if you guys knew this. I am Western. Certainly for a Western audience, the biggest surprise 
is that in the B block, we have Wheeler Yuda, which means that Wheeler Yuda most likely will be off of AEW television for probably a month. They you said know. this match, or they said the turn would, would go three weeks. So, so yeah, let's just say it, a month. It's, it's the same. It's the same format as the G one. Yep. Where there's an A block, A block, and the B block. We have the ROH Pure Champion. We have the T or the sorry the Impact X Division Champion. We have Wheeler Utah. I always say it fucked up. Wheeler Utah. Uh, who else am I missing? Like I gotta, I, I gotta pull it up right here. Just, just oh, we have TJP. Some, yeah, isn't that's it? That's the other one that I was gonna say. Yep. Um, a block in no particular order. You got Hiromu Takahashi. You got Taguchi Ishimori, who, like I said, just became the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Kanemaru, always underrated. I expect him to have good matches. Show. Ace Austin, like Bill said, X Division champion. Yo, so Show and Yo are going to have to battle each other out in the A block. Car Connors uh, from New Japan Strong, one of the up and coming guys. Francis- Francisco Akira is the fireball uh, guy that you were making fun of last week for the uh, United Empire. He's on the A block side. And Alex I was Zane, making fun of him? Yeah, you were making fun of him. <laughs> what did I say about him? <laughs> he looked like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Alex Zane um, is uh, the last member of the A Block. I like Alex Zane a lot. He's going to have some incredible <laughs> matches as well. Not sure if he's going to win any matches, but he's going to have some. Does he look incredible. like a little kid? He, kinda, he looks like a little kid with a lighter. So, I mean, you know, he does have some facial hair, but he's he's very young in the face. For My dad sure. calls those horse whiskers. <laughs> I remember when I was 13, and I was like, oh, I'm going to let these hairs grow up. My dad was like, shave those horse whiskers. <laughs> Might as well pluck them motherfuckers out at this point. It's like only four or five on the beat block side. This fucking acne dripping off my face, just so greasy. God, I hated my teen years so fucking bad. Nah, just send the boys away from the ages of 13 to 18. They Bring can it come back. back. Yeah, they can come back when they can act right. Can you act right? You getting a job, right? No. Get your ass back in this car. We driving back to military school. Um, beat block is the uh, Desperado. Uh, Master Wado, Doki, uh, L. Lindemann is uh, another new, I guess, uh, uh, entrant into BSOJ. He's part of the uh, the Stronghearts uh, faction. He and Desperado were talking a little shit before Desperado lost the title, maybe doing a unification bout of some sort. They're on the B-block side, so their paths are definitely going to cross. Robbie Eagles, Teton from uh, CMLL. Bushi, uh, Will Uter just brought up, TJP just brought up, and El Phantasmo round out the B block. So you got 20 guys. That B block is stacked. Stacked. I was wondering which block was going to be stacked, and I was watching as, you know, they were naming the guys off, and I'm looking at it, you know, A block, B block, and I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, that I, B man, block. I think for, so re- even sure, I like think B for block wrestling, better and better. For wrestling, this is the best format to watch. I want to see everybody fight everybody. Right. You know, and then you tell stories throughout along the way. Along the way, if you if you could do it and do it right, obviously this I believe this is the 29th uh, edition of the best of the Super Juniors. So, you know, for New Japan, this is what they do. For WWE, this is this ain't what they do. No, so I would not. never expect them to to do a tournament and do it in a way that would be 
aesthetically pleasing for myself. Well, that's what's cool about wrestling is that there's something for everybody. You can watch all sorts of promotions. You don't have to hate anything, guys. You can like <laughs> stuff. You don't have to hate stuff. You can just like stuff more than you like the other stuff. What do you think Wheeler Youth is going to do in this? Because this definitely signifies a pretty – like we know that there's this forbidden door – pay-per-view coming right. up that's going to be new japan guys versus AEW guys right wheeler yuda who is one of the guys that AEW, AEW was pushing the most i mean the guy is in a faction right now with regal danielson and moxley and he is the the randy orton of the evolution should, yeah you know so this is the guy that they are pushing the most, and they are sending him to Japan to fight for three weeks in the Battle of the Super Juniors. That's exciting. To me, that says, as a, as a mark for both promotions, to me, that says that this is kind of, this might be a stronger alliance between these two promotions than we actually even thought, even after hearing about Forbidden Door. He will be, he being Wheeler Yuta, I think is the litmus test for how strong, I guess, this partnership is. Impact and AEW tried it, didn't really work out. Uh, there's plenty of people that said that, you know, AEW got the better of the deal. Impact didn't get anything. I don't agree with that, but that's another argument for another time. I would really be surprised if... Out of ten matches, he'll wrestle nine. Six and three sounds about right. Twelve points. Twelve points. I would think. I was going to say ten, but twelve points is. I could see him five like, and four, six and three, dropping one to Robbie Eagles, maybe dropping one to El Fantasmo, maybe, maybe TJP, maybe, maybe. But they're going to make him look strong, and I think that's what the biggest thing you have to have going moving forward is especially if you're going to have this partnership with AEW and New Japan, you can't have Will you to come over here and look like a chump. Plus, he's going to go over there, he's going to wrestle Battle of Super Juniors, and he's going to come back that much better because he's going to be fighting at least nine matches unless he comes out of the block, maybe ten matches. He's going to be fighting... Nine matches that aren't American-style matches. They're going to be J- Japanese-style matches. He'll be just fine. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm saying he's going to come back as a stronger wrestler. Like, what What a what a learning opportunity for him. And this is – I'm not trying to be condescending. It's just there are different styles for in sure. wrestling. And him going over there and wrestling with these guys is going to be fucking awesome. It's not even – New Japan is a different wrestling style per se because if you want to just fall into Blackpool Combat Club, they feel like a strong style, you know, faction. So, I mean, you know, underneath it all, he's going over to a company that, you know, caters to what BCC does. Now, that being said, there will be some Lucha Libre. There will be guys that have submissions going on, you know. So, in that scenario... Where were you? I think is going to be one of the guys to watch out for, just to be, just to see how well he does. Because if, if he comes over there and they make him look like a chump, this is a, that's a bad sign. But I don't think that's the case. Nah, he's going to be one of those Plus guys. Go. I mean, it's not like he's a slouch. He's going to be one of those guys that can match up 
pretty much with any style thrown at him, and he's going to have different styles at him because, like I said, that B-block is stacked. So, New Japan, turn of the corner. Not that it's been bad, but it's opening up again, and it's it's getting ready to be Back exciting. Back to be again. where we remembered and, it four years ago when we yeah, walked in the door. And for me, for this podcaster, I'm excited. Let's Damn get to right. that two count. All right, I'll take the bad news. So, uh, there we talking WWE. Damn. Yeah. Well, well. Oh, that's right. You said let's wait till the end. Okay, we can we can wait till the end. I'll I'll take yeah. a I'll take AEW then. Uh, AEW. I did not. I was watching. As you could probably see, I was outside when you walked in. I was watching. watching I was watching Rampage. That Darby um, Stewart sword match was on point. Yes, it was great. Darby and Swerve was great. Uh, I'll I'll have a little bit more to say about Darby later on. Um, <laughs> starts off with Bobby Fish uh, versus Jeff Hardy. No, oh, you're talking. We're talking Dynamite. Yeah, we're going to talk Dynamite. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I didn't get a chance to watch the no, rest of Rampage. Yeah. I I assume Samoa Joe won. Yes, uh, in I won't say destructive fashion, but the finish was. Pretty uh, stiff. Uh, Uranagi. Muscle buster. From the corner. No, he put him to sleep, man. It was about to say, you looked up. It, ref wasn't even like, you know, Trent, are you okay? He looked over there. Trent, Trent, no, ring the bell, ring the bell. So, basically, referee stoppage. Joe retains. Um, All due respect to Trent Beretta, he shouldn't be looking very good against Samojo. Samojo should be killing him. It, it wasn't like Samojo killed him, but the finish was pretty decisive. I'll go that far. Wait, was it uh, Trent Beretta or was it um, what's the other guy's name? Oh Jesus Christ! Don't don't do this to yourself. Don't don't overthink it. <laughs> Hold on, let me try that again. Was it Trent Beretta or was it Chuck Taylor? I can't tell you two apart. <laughs> Shit! Sorry. <laughs> You was it Trent came. Brenner or was it Chuck Taylor? I can't tell you two apart. You okay for shit. <laughs> I'm for sorry shit. that took so long. I got other ones too. That was one of my drops that I was excited about. <laughs> was Matt Riddle telling the Usos he couldn't tell who was who. That's so funny. To you me. need to put that on as a, uh, an official drop Ooh, at this point. We don't point. have that many. <laughs> you got eight. <laughs> anyway, uh, shit, don't worry about it, Riddle. I can't tell them motherfuckers. Who do you think is older, Bobby Fish or Jeff Hardy? <laughs> now, me that, asking the question. I was going to say, uh, I would, I would think it would be Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby Fish is older. Okay, he's, he's in the sports. Well, so is Jeff Hardy. It, yeah, I guess. I think I don't think he's that much older, but I think he's about six months older or something like that. Anyway, this was a fun match. Enjoyed it. Uh, right guy went over. Right guy went over. Didn't watch it very closely. I think the big thing was the Young Bucks came out and stared at the Hardys for a while, and that's something that people want to see. We've seen it b- before in ROH, um, and I know ROH isn't you know the, the thing that it is now, but the, for those high five time and others, for those who really liked ROH, we've done this before. We're just teasing it again. How do we get there is the question. Because, I mean, every time you look up, we're teasing another possible match with somebody down the line. The you, funny we got to start connecting the dots and getting there. The funny thing to me is that these two teams look 
like they're from different generations. I mean, the Hardys still look, especially Jeff Hardy with the the ripped armbands, and he wrestles in his pink fucking Under Armour shirt and everything. Let that bad do his do. I, no, I know, but it's he still looks like he's from '96. He still looks like he's from the Hardy Boys with a Z, you know. And then you have Nick or Matt Jackson. Oh Jesus Christ! He's out there. I, I mean, sorry. Hold on a second. Nick or Matt Jackson. I can't tell you two apart. He's out there wearing like beach shoes. He's wearing like uh, boat shoes, and he's got super tight shorts on, and he's wearing uh, basically like a Don Ho shirt, and he's wearing a fedora. Uh, it's like, what the fuck is he wearing? Or not a fedora, but a Kroger. They just look like they're from different planets, you know, but. They, but but, we want to see their but they're the same, though, because it's brothers versus brothers. They're yeah. both high flyers. They're yep. both a tag team. And it makes sense. It makes sense to see them go against each other, even though they really do look like they're from two different planets. Hardy set the, the, the table for the Young Bucks. Obviously, they're, you know, an influence on the Bucks. So, I mean, for those who didn't see the ROH version, you're probably going to see the AEW version. It's just, you know a matter of when and where obviously the tag titles are the, the biggest issue <laughs> you really can't which is sad <laughs> the tag titles are the biggest issue we're gonna probably see Hobbs and Starks versus Jurassic Express here in a little bit I would expect Jurassic Express to retain and then the double or nothing I hope that's not their double or nothing tag match I would like to expect to, to see a bigger double or nothing tag match Jurassic Express versus fill in the blank. FDR, right? Um, I was going with back Blackpool Combat Club. I think it's time to pull the trigger on that. Well, that would that would be great. I what? I, well, I mean, I'm telling you, if Jurassic Express goes against Blackpool Combat Club, the BCC they probably need to go over in about seven or eight minutes. It's got to be. No, no. I mean, you're talking about two heavyweight champions. Okay, that's fine. That's neither here nor there. We'll get there when we get there. Blackpool Combat Club faces uh, Angelico. uh, Butcher and the Blade versus Angelico. It was pretty funny listening to Regal. He was like, Angelico? Angelico? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no. it's Angelico. He's like, I know him as Angelico. It's like, okay, Regal, whatever, dude. <laughs> Fucking old man. I say, you better pronounce that man's name right. This match, it, it, I said last week, I was like, I'm ready for Blackpool Combat Club to do a little bit more. Not much more to say. Now, there is something to say about this next segment, which was Wardlow. And then, not, not a big secret. I mean, MJF put it out there last week he said you can't teach that he brings out william morrissey aka big Cass, in wwe what did you think about this jason the Wardlow angle feels like it's part steve austin part goldberg steve austin being the part where Wardlow's in handcuffs that's a fucking great way to put it i, I thought of it today it was kind of weird um Austin being in the handcuffs constantly, and then Goldberg portion, obviously, with the tr- crowd chanting, Wardlow, him coming from the back with security. It's it was a, it's a weird dynamic, or not dynamic, but um, 
a weird marriage of uh, angles, so to speak. But neither here nor there. Uh, the match itself I thought was fine. Uh, obviously, we knew who was going to win. The two biggest takeaways for me is, number one, Wardlow has athleticism that he shouldn't be having as a 200 and I'm guessing 50, 60-pound man. The moonsault off the top where he kind of landed on his feet but then, you know, fell back over. I honestly think if Morrissey wasn't in the way, he could do a moonsault off the top and land on his feet. He's just that damn athletic. It's now starting to be scary to see the potential the potential Wargo could have moving forward. They're taking their time with them, which is a good thing. There's plenty of guys up at the top where they can fight for the AEW title as Wardlow kind of builds himself up. And number two, obviously, the power bomb itself. I was waiting for two or three more, but the one was brutal enough to where it kept Morrissey down. Short match, no problem with that as well, because obviously we set up um, the MJF Wardlow match for double or nothing afterwards. I have a lot of thoughts about this segment. The first one being they unintentionally now have Wardlow with one of the greatest entrances in wrestling today, which is no music, no music, walking down in handcuffs with a bunch of guys flocking him, making sure he doesn't act up. That's a cool entrance. It works. It works, and it is it is working. It is working. Better choice of words, yeah. Uh, the second one being William Morrissey. I'm glad to see him back. I always liked him. I thought that he was fantastic in this match. I thought that when the crowd started chanting the Enzo stuff, we want Enzo, no, we don't. We want Enzo, no, we don't. And he started doing the Enzo, the Enzo shit. And he was like, fuck, fuck you. Out, yeah, like, the fuck, fuck out of here. He's like, this Perfect. is my time. Perfect. Perfect stuff. And Shivani was really great in this segment, too. Shivani being like, I think he's paying too close attention, attention to, the, to the crowd. And he was like, well, I think JR goes, anytime you pay attention to the crowd, it's too much, you know. Morrissey, the third thought is on, uh, you know, in the internet wrestling community, when people are like, how can you waste Big Cass, a.k.a. William Morrissey like this? It's like they didn't waste him. They put over, he put over Warlow, and he's not under contract. They probably gave him a pretty nice paycheck to fly out to wherever they were. I forget where they Baltimore. were. Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, yeah, because the John Harbaugh stuff. Grr. Sorry, Blood Girl Raven. I'm sorry. Just, you know, oh, we'll get to it. You said John Harbaugh. What, if you'd have just said Baltimore just left it alone, I wouldn't even said anything. But <laughs> he flew out there. They probably gave him a pretty nice paycheck. He took one big bump. I mean, it was a William Morrissey is probably not used to being power bomb like that. No. There's not a lot of guys that can power bomb him like that. And no. he, he got power bombed the fuck out of. He probably got a nice paycheck. That's what wrestling is. So well, they did, didn't waste William Morrissey. If yeah, they did, signed did you him, expect him to come over and win that match? I mean, come on. You, no, you should they, know what was going to happen. If they sign him, then we're talking about something different. For sure. But they didn't sign him. He was there to put Wardlow over. Which he did. Check. The fourth thing is that when they started sending guys out to cuff him, and then Wardlow starts beating him up, and then they send another bunch of guys out to cuff him. What did you think of? Austin. I was thinking 
Neo from the Matrix when all the <laughs> well, I mean, Agent Smiths were coming out of nowhere. I'm just like, Jesus I Christ. Mean, that too, though. <laughs> but, and he tosses the one guy into it, you know. But that crowd got so hot during the second round of him beating guys up. So he beats up 10 guys or whatever. It's, we've They're seen all done. that before. I know, but, but... No, I agree with you. When that next wave came around, the crowd was like... I'm like, and then what he, the fuck? And then he beats them, them up. Down. And that crowd was off the charts, out of their mind. He was so over in that minute. They are real... And MJF comes out and he says, I'll give you the match... But there's some stipulations, and I'll tell you about them next week in the greatest place in the world, Long Island, New York. That's good wrestling, guys. That is good storytelling because I wanted to hear the stipulations right there. I was like, tell me the stipulations. And they were like, nope, you got to tune in next week. <laughs> and now I have to tune, tune in, in next week because I want to know what the stipulations yeah. are because I want to know what's going to happen when Wardlow eventually wins because this has been – if Zach was here, I'm I'm going to say exactly what Zach would say. <laughs> this has been one of the best long-term stories that has happened in wrestling probably since Omega Page. It has it has been very good. I'm invested in it. I would be lying if I said otherwise. I would like to – a part of me almost wishes that MJF wins the double or nothing match so you yeah. can drag it on a little longer. I, me too. Um I'm with because you there. they're doing they're that they're doing that good of a story. But I guess the question is if he won that match being MJF, what do you do if now? If Wardlow I mean, gets his hands on MJF though, he's gotta he's gotta win. You would like to think Sean Spears is going to be a part of it. FTR as the pinnacle God, uh, Sean Spears is such a dork man. But he's going he's the heater. Okay, there's no other heater between Wardlow and MJF at this point. So they Sean, put Spears, Sean Spears and the acclaimed in a in a trio and just no, have no, them all get no. swirlies every fucking week. The acclaimed already got new partners. We we can talk about that. Oh yeah, we'll get there. Uh Adam Page comes out and cuts a promo. Kind of I don't know if it was heelish, but it was definitely I, you know, it's like uh, brother in law Steve. It's like brother in law Steve said on Friends of BFR last night. He was like, "Was that a heel promo from Adam Page?" I don't know if it was a heel promo. It's only a heel promo because CM Punk is a face. But if you come out there and you say, "Hey, man, uh, yeah, I'd like to say I respect you, but really, I'm just going to beat your ass." That's a babyface promo if you're talking about a heel. It's a heel promo if you're talking about a babyface. If it's babyface versus babyface. I don't know. I just think it's that's what you want. Like, is it? I'm going to destroy you. Thought was, you. you thought it was a I'm going to embarrass you. You know, yeah. you're going to take that. You're going to take that shirt back and, ret- and exchange it or burn it. Yeah, I didn't think that was uh, okay. That it, heelish. Okay, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm kind of glad that Adam Page is kind of going this route. It get, it sets up to the traditional. Heel versus babyface motif that we we all know and some of us love, other of us don't. I don't care. It would if we see Adam Page do this again next week and the bill going up to double or nothing, he would become the heel because CM Punk is so over. Two beer Zach had a really good point on Steve's post on Friends mm-hmm. of BFR on Facebook, which you're welcome to join. If you're listening to us and you're on Facebook, find Friends of BFR. Hit us up. We will let you in. It's a fun conversation about wrestling pretty much every day. You know, it 
When shit comes up, we talk about it. Yeah. What Zach said was a pretty good point, is that if CM Punk's going to win, you have to keep him as a face if he's going to lose it to MJF. For sure. Now, I don't know if he's going to lose it to MJF. MJF could be another 18 months away from winning that thing because MJF is one of those rare guys in wrestling, maybe not so much AEW, but certainly he he's one of those rare guys that can have a few that means something that doesn't have to have a belt attached to it. So I'm not sure that MJF's going to be the guy to take it off of Punk. I think it could be Omega. I think it... I'm not I'm not bringing up his name until I see him physically have a match. As far as I'm concerned, he, we're still ways away from that. There's lots of things that can happen, though. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay, but Kenny Omega winning the title off of Punk means he would have to come back fairly, fairly soon, I would say in the next couple months. I don't see that happening. Well, the next couple months is Forbidden Door. I would, I'll go this far. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kenny Omega, but I would be shocked to see him in a match at Forbidden Door. Uh, Lethal comes out and cuts a promo off of this guy from uh, Japan that I'm not familiar with. Apparently he's been wrestling on Dark. Yeah, I'm sure on, you're uh, familiar with him. No, actually, DDT is one of the few Wrestle Universe promotions I don't watch. It feels like it's a little too much comedy for me, but it, you know it might be great for others. I haven't seen. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Takashita, I believe, is what his name is. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen him. So what happens next week will be news and uh, worthy watch for me. I'm curious just because, I mean, the the few clips that I see are impressive. It is against Jay Lethal, who's one of the, you know, one of the better guys in the game. So, I mean, in that scenario, I'm intrigued to see the match, but I have no idea who this guy is. Next up, we have Santana versus Jericho. Dude, don't make me slam this shit down. I'm sick of it. Okay, I'm really well, fucking sick. Of well, it. then right after that, uh, <laughs> do you really not want to talk about? No, it? we can talk about it. I mean, if, if you're no, it's just I'm gonna say what I've always said, and it it this is just more of I get it, you know, it's it's the JAS with the numbers game. I get it. God damn, just pick somebody else. Fuck, it is hard to watch Santana Ortiz lose. Every fucking time. Would you rather talk about Santana and Jericho, or would you rather talk about Gun Club and the the acclaimed? <laughs> we could talk about both, man. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to talk about either. <laughs> Gun Club and the acclaimed are going to be some straight up heat magnets. That's what I'll say about that. So they're buddies now. For the moment, you know it's going to implode. I mean, you can't have two heel tag teams together and, <laughs> and have them get along. I mean, fuck, at some point, you know, Billy Gunn's going to say something racist, and then next thing you know, be like, what the fuck just happened? Billy Gunn is going to be racist? I was joking. I don't know Billy, if he's racist. You heard it right here. Jason Cornelius <laughs> Bell called Billy Gunn racist. Um, well, the Santana Jericho thing, I just I, – I, I'm on record as saying the Jericho Appreciates Society is not my favorite thing. Jericho probably needs to take like six months off. I think that him getting over and them beating up Ortiz and then it's four on one and then Eddie Kingston can't come out. It's like they have just gone over and over and over LAX and Eddie Kingston. I need some sort of 
like make it look like a fair f- or make it look like an even fight at some point, right? It's well, it's not even obviously because you that's, know that's fine, but have Eddie Kingston like lock two guys in his trunk or something. I don't know. Do no, something. Th- th- now that's I guess kind of my frustration with this angle, you know, when a rampage where Santana jumps Jericho to set up this match. Okay, so your boy just got fireballed, and you're just going to let some security guys just stop you? No, that needed to be a ass-kicking either to the ring or to the back where Jericho doesn't come back out for commentary. That just ended way too easy. You know, if the you're going to play about that, that up, then do was, it right. best part about that segment was Santana did a suicide dive on Jericho before the fans could got to the chorus of... Judas in my mind. Right. Shut those motherfuckers up. <laughs> Shut up, you fucking okay. idiot. Stop fucking singing along that song. That song fucking sucks. And once again, even when, you know, you had the baby face in this scenario, Santana, you know, doing the right thing, you know, acting, you know, pissed off, you know, you just can't do me, you can't do my boy like this, he still loses. You guys think I'm a, I'm a wrestling snob? I'm more of a music snob. I promise. <laughs> that song fucking sucks. And if you guys like it, well, that's fine. Like what you like. Yeah, like what you like, man. Uh, okay, so Varsity Blondes come out. Brian Pillman Jr. Interesting. Did you know that John Harbaugh was college roommates with Brian Pillman? No, not at all. That is, that's bizarre, yeah, right? I was when they said <laughs> I was like, what? When they showed John Harbaugh, I was like, ah, okay, they're, yes, yeah, yes, they're in Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> they're like, ah, college roommates with Brian Pillman. I was like, like huh? <laughs> what? I was like, John Harbaugh didn't seem doesn't seem like a wrestling fan to me. No, nah, he doesn't. You know, Jim Harbaugh does. Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> yeah, he seems like that dude. You know, he's like way over the top. John it's so is more good. like Zach's you know, out here. Zach would have no idea what we're talking about. He's like oh, Harbaugh. John feels more like you know. Come on, guys. You know, we need to be disciplined. You know, let's get this shit together. Jim would be like but the fucking manager Brian of Pilman some Jr. Cuts a promo basically about John Harbaugh. Pretty much, you know, you know, get me back on track. You know, I was, you know, floating the off crowd started chanting something, and John Harbaugh was like, "Okay, yeah, calm, like, calm it down." You know, just let's, let's, let's focus back on. Were Brian they booing Pilman. him? I can't imagine them booing him. No. Like he's a fucking great coach. Right? Oh hell yeah, he's a great coach. Shit, it's part of the reason I hate his ass. Oh uh, man, that was for you, Blood Girl Raven. No, I, got, no. I got him to admit that no, he, John Harbaugh was a great, great coach. coach. Uh, How's the Black comes out? They've been severely underused. They. Have not built up Buddy Matthews enough. Death Triangle comes out. He and just makes got save. there, but yeah. Varsity Blondes, he comes out, cuts this great promo, and then he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> well, no, was the part, the, the fucked up part about it for me was, so you see House of Black come down. You know, I'm thinking it's like, okay, this is a match. This is a match. And they get in the ring, and then, you know, you have Brian Pillman cut this impassionate promo. You know, we're going to get back on track. We're going to start right now. And then they, they put House of Black in front of him, and they don't do anything. I'm like... Okay, all right, here it is. Let's that, kick somebody's ass. I, I'll be honest. That looked to me like it was some shoot shit where, like, House of Black was out there to fuck with him because they just stared at him like Brian Pillman kept looking. What's the other guy's name? Uh, shit, Griff Garrison. His name's Griff Garrison? G-R-I-F-F Garrison. 
I never would have gotten that. <laughs> you could have fucking, you could have cut my eyelids off and had ants pouring on me and be like, what's his name? I'd be like, I don't know, fucking Griff Garrison? <laughs> Damn, dog. I, at that point, I remember, man, you ain't cut my eyelids off shit. Just GG, I got it. But they, they were staring, and Alistair, or Malachi Black just stares at him forever to where, he, like, he kept looking back at Griff Garrison like, is this guy serious? And then they just got their yeah, asses wet. So he gets kicked in the face, and then it goes all. The Thanks club. for coming, John Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that impression. Oh, you were my dad's best friend, right? You always told me, ah, oh, thwap, thwap, yeah, thwap. thwap. Saying, great, for, great speech, fucking Brian Pillman, to get your ass. I gotta get to saved you. by Pack. <laughs> Julia Hart was the only thing I was even concerned with at that point. Hit this motherfucker with the chair and flip and let's move on. Let's stop dragging that part out too. Jade Cargill uh, with the baddies. They're, they're great. Uh, Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin. Did you watch this match? Yes. Those motherfuckers could have fought for another 10 minutes. It would have been fucking great. Do you know what I heard about this? And I don't know if you heard this. Is that in the commercial break, Ray Phoenix took off his mask and gave it to Dante Martin like as a sign of respect? Like... That like, hey man, you got it. Not like I'm retiring, but like yeah. as a total like sign of respect, which makes a lot of sense because when they did that, uh, they did that backflip off the turnbuckle and like then they the, both uh, Spanish fly and they landed on their feet and they both land on their feet. I'm like, dude, stop, stop this match right now. Stop. This. <laughs> you two are doing too goddamn that, much. That is a that that's a match that's not for the purists, Mm-mm. but if you like the high flying stuff, mm-hmm. that match fucking ruled. <laughs> what do you think about it, man? And doesn't that that Ray Phoenix story doesn't that shine a little bit uh, a light on it? Because Dante Martin's like twenty, yeah, twenty one. Unfortunately, once again, his brother got hurt in what they are calling a serious car accident. He's going to be out another six to nine months. I don't. I I don't know if you can put off. Dante Martin for another six or nine months. Every time he comes out, he has a barn burner match with fill in the blank. In this case, this week, it's Ray Phoenix. I was good to see Ray Phoenix come back. You know, a part of me was like, he's coming to the ring. I'm like, you know, I wonder if he's going to change up his style a little bit, you know, play a little safer, you know, moving forward after coming back from this latest injury. Nope, he's walking the the ropes within the first two minutes of the match. I'm like, all right, Ray Phoenix, I ain't mad at you, dog. Do what you do. Um, I don't know if either guy is going to be here long term for two, three, five years down the line, but I would love to see like Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix come back two years from now where Dante is like a champion at this point, maybe TNT champion, and then revisit this again and have Dante Martin go over to kind of reestablish, you know, even, I wouldn't even call it, you know, give it the, the receipt, but just, you know, even things up. So that way you can kind of really establish Dante Martin as a uh, future single star. First of all, Ray Phoenix might be the best wrestler the best high-flying, like, luchador-style wrestler in the world. I don't know if if there's somebody better. I like Dragon Lee a lot. That's just me, but neither here nor there. Ray Phoenix, we can go with that. I, I don't I, – I mean, we're splitting hairs. We really are, true. Yeah, we're splitting hairs. I love that story about him taking the mask off and giving it to Dante Martin because they really did have a fun match. They had that crowd – and the AEW crowd is not the WWE or NXT crowd where they start chanting, this is awesome, after two minutes. It's it's a crowd that's a little bit 
harder, harder to, please, to get, I guess. harder to please. But they also fill their roster with better wrestlers and better matches. But they were saying fight forever after six minutes. It was a fun, 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 fun match. Entertaining match. Match of the, 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 the night for me at this point. Like I said, I want to see them run this back at some later point down the line and establish Dante Martin as that. This this was this would be the match that I would say if you haven't watched this week's Dynamite, go out of your way and watch watch that match. Yeah, for sure. It's it's the one one must watch match. Coming up, this is my favorite part. This is uh, Darby Allen Stink at a promo backstage about Darby's upcoming match with Jeff Hardy. Right, right. So. Now, I took a little bit of uh, audio tape about this. Okay. This is Darby Allen's promo trying to build everybody up to this match. You ready for it? Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for it. Like, really strapped down because this is... Hang on, let me get a cigarette going. This is really something. Okay. Okay? All right. There's not a lot to say about this, Jeff. The match kind of writes itself. It's going to be a special night. So that was his whole promo. Not a lot you can. Not a lot. Short, you, sweet, to the point. Not a lot you can say about this, Jeff. It's going to be a special night. It's going to be a special night. Really gets me pumped about it. Now, that's not the whole promo. There's not a lot to say. Hold on. <laughs> not a whole lot. Now, what I haven't done is let you hear what Sting says afterwards. Okay. Which is actually really gets me pumped up. About this, Jeff. The match kind of writes itself. It's going to be a special night. Ooh, here we go. Yep, Jeff, I know you're going to pull out all stops. Uh-huh. Darby, I know he's going to pull out all stops as uh-huh. well. And, yeah, it's going to be a special night. Oh, my God. Promo of the year from those guys, huh? It's going to be a special night, huh? Yeah, Not a lot, yeah. whole lot. The match kind of writes it's itself. itself. What a fucking, what what charisma. Oh, my God, what absolute fucking star power we have in here in Darby Allen and Sting. Oh, my God, they're so fucking great. Don't you want to see that match now, though? Don't you want to see that match? The match kind of writes itself. See, you, you, you taking shots at both two beers boys when he ain't here man i don't think that's cool it has nothing to do with two beer that is dumb <laughs> it was not a very good promo i'll agree with that there's not a lot to say about this jeff the match kind of writes itself it's gonna be a special night Woo! yep jeff i know you're gonna pull out all stops yep jeff darby i know he's gonna pull out all well, stops he's gonna well. do it too and, yeah, it was a good start it's gonna be a special night oh <laughs> That's my promo of the year. Fucking, I already made my note on my phone. That's going to be my promo of the year. Bad luck. What are these guys doing? What kind of fucking promo is that? Why would they even put that on TV? I don't know. It was, Why would they yeah. put that on TV? That sucks so fucking bad. I was waiting it's for gonna Sting. It's going to be a special night. Well, I was waiting for Sting to take that special night and build up on it and all he did was just kind of like pass the buck to the left i was like okay i want to see guys fight i want to see you fight i want to see you try to win for something who's darby allen's first round match what what for what for the uh the Owen cup Owen hard uh tournament they announced the uh oh the I brackets or whatever I, I don't know 
I don't know. You want me to look it up? No, 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 no. I mean, who gives a fuck? Like, what a fucking, what a terrible promo. Why does Tony Khan even put that on fucking TV? That sucks. They didn't have a match. Um, I mean, that sucks. I'm not, look, I'm not disagreeing with you on that, okay? I'm, I'm trying to. There's you know, no disagreeing. You couldn't disagree if I'm you wanted to, to. I'm trying to reach, okay, for something to, to justify that promo being on the card. I, I don't really have anything. That's why I was asking, you know, who is Darby Allen facing? It, it's. It's not. It wasn't very good. Like I said, I expect to steam. Jeff, match kind of writes itself. It's gonna be a special night. <laughs> Bad. Hold on one more time. Hold on. Here we go. There's not a lot to say about this, Jeff. Match kind of writes itself. Pause. It's gonna be a special night. Come on, man. Say. It. How about you, Sting? Yeah, Jeff, I know you're gonna pull out all stops. Yep, Jeff. Darby, I know he's gonna pull out all stops as well. And yeah. It's going to be a special night. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Oh, God, that's a barn burner, huh? Jeff Hardy. Okay, that's the answer. Um, Yeah, I I would like to think you would want to build that up more than just say it's just a special night. You know what I'm saying? You know... Talk you think? Four, yeah. You think? Yeah. You, talk you'd about, like to do a little bit more than just say Jeff it's a Hardy's special night. A, Jeff, Jeff Hardy's a former champion. Okay. Talk about that. You Anything. Know, how you grew up watching him. him maybe, something. Maybe how much it means to you to, to to beat somebody that you looked up to. Build on the special night comment. Maybe be like, ah, I I bought the pay per view. You versus this guy, God, and yeah. you were drunker than shit, and he couldn't do it, so he had to put you down. <laughs> With a fucking no, 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 no. We can't do that. That's no, that's heel shit. That John Silver, the John Silver promo just after this when he's facing CM Punk next week also pissed me off. It was too jokey. And you know what? I wouldn't say jokey. It was just over the Deanna top. Deanna Parazzo versus Mercedes Martinez. What you think of it? I have thoughts. Um, it was ROH versus ROH and. No, I it's, think it's, I think that Tony Khan needs to know that if you're going to make this the main event of a dynamite, you have to build it up throughout the show. You have to have, you know, a, a vignette here, a vignette here, a backstage promo here, a backstage promo here. You just can't put on Deanna Perazzo versus Mercedes Martinez at the end of a dynamite and be like, well, here's what I did. I had a women's match, and it's cool. I have a women's match. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, I think they did have a vignette with Mercedes Martinez basically saying, you know. I have well, a child. Maybe I missed it. I'm not, I was I'm, watching. The, between you know, Dynamite and Rampage, there was a Mercedes Martinez vignette. Okay, I'm not saying on which show it was. This I is almost patricide. Like, I am with child. I am trying to hang out all day. Sorry I missed it. I'm not saying, look. I'm just saying I'm right. Okay. Even if they had the vignette and the backstage promos, they had a vignette. Oh shit. Maybe I'm not right. Okay. Now that being said, one of my biggest problems with this match build up is how we got to this match. When they did uh I guess that was the weekend of WrestleMania, it was the multitude of matches and then ROH had their uh pay-per-view the same night. 
Um, Deanna Perrazzo was scheduled for the Impact, which she is an Impact contracted star. She was scheduled for the Impact tapings and not going to the Ring of Honor show. I can't think of the name of the show where um, shit, uh, Bandino and um, Jonathan Gresham were the uh, the main event. Anyway, so the, on that show, the R-Way show, they had the interim title saying that Deanna couldn't show up. It's not that she couldn't show up. She's just contracted to another company. So let's not act like she didn't show up, couldn't show up. I would almost rather she be hurt. And then you did this interim match, which is another thing I don't like about Tony Khan, this interim title shit. Okay, you ain't UFC, motherfucker. Let's not act like you. we are just giving out titles to give out titles. Motherfucker, either wait a couple weeks or figure this shit out and then make an interim championship. Don't just do it because Deanna Perrazzo can't show up to a show that you know she can't show from up what to. I heard, though, from what I heard, though, Deanna Perrazzo called up the local station, local news station, and she said, it's going to be a special night. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> anyway... I don't like the build coming up to this match. I love the fact that we have this match because it's two of my favorite women's wrestlers. <laughs> it's going to be a special, special night. night. Um, I just didn't like the build. The match was n- not nearly as long enough as I thought it should have been. It felt like this was like 10 minutes. It should have been like 15, maybe 20. It's one of the biggest knocks against AEW and Tony Khan, and he didn't do anything to rectify that knock. It felt like it was over before you knew it. The right woman went over. Of course. In this scenario, I think especially with Mercedes Martinez being on the AEW contracted roster, you should have her as the ROH champion. It's a it's a really precipitous fall for Deanna Perrazzo, uh just coughing up the AAA title to Taya Valkyrie. Now she's coughed up the ROH title to Mercedes Martinez, so it'll be interesting to see what she looks like on impact moving forward. There was a lot more that could have been done. There's a lot of meat that's left on this bone. The build wasn't good. The match was okay. I know Tony Kai gets a lot of praise on this podcast, but you know, for this one, you know, there's, there's, there's so much more that could have been done. I only have one last thing to say about this. There's not a lot to say about this, Jeff. The match kind of writes itself. It's going to be a special night. Let's get to that three count. Man, you're going to wear that drop down, aren't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I might make it the intro to every single show. (laughs) Fucking unbelievable. I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. It was bad. By the way, what did the NBA do to us to not Not have a Thursday night game? Yeah. What the fuck, dude? I don't know. Um, It's on me. I'm sorry. Uh, Three counts is the... WWE across the board. Let's talk some uh, unfortunate WWE releases. Uh, another round of WWE releases happened. I believe it was the, uh, what did it say, the 29th, it looks like, of April. Um, in no particular order, guys that uh, guys and g- girls that were released. Um, what's your girl's name? Dakota Kai, unfortunately, was released. I think that was probably the most high-profile name of the bunch. Uh, she was scheduled to go up to the main roster, came back down, lost to the 
Ra- Raquel Gonzalez for un- some inexplicable reason. Um, it just felt like the writing was on the wall for uh, Dakota Kai. Malcolm Bivens is kind of the one that was a bit surprising. Uh, I liked him as the the manager of uh, what was the uh, the Roderick Strong heel faction's name? Diamond Mind. Diamond Mind. Uh, I think he's a great manager. Uh, great mouthpiece. I did see a couple of MJF tweets where he and then Stokely Hathaway were together in pictures. So that was a tease of maybe him coming to AEW. Go ahead. So what I heard about both of them, okay, Dakota Kai and Malcolm Bivens, is that they offered them a... Malcolm uh, Bivens, I heard, they offered him a contract and they, he turned it down. They offered him an extension. And they both turned it down. So rather than let them just play it out and then just go away, they just released them. Good. For both of them. Yeah, no. Good, good for WWE for not, you know, holding them to contract yeah. when they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Good for them as talent so that way they can go to wherever sure. they want to go. Choose your narrative. Yeah. (laughs) Control your narrative. That's what I meant. (laughs) So that way you get to choose your, what was that book where he's like, you choose your path or shit like that. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. uh, Same concept. That way the talent can go where they want to go. If it's the AEW, great. If it's somewhere else, that's just great too. But I'm glad for this scenario, WWE didn't hold them to the fire under contract. Dexter Loomis is another that. Was, it's kind of a surprise to me, even though I don't watch uh, NXT that much. I think his comedy, especially with the Indy Hartwell wedding, for me was one of the high spots of NXT after they kind of flipped over from the black and gold brand. I'm not sure why they never really pushed him. It felt like kind of the writing was on the wall a little bit when he lost to Johnny Gargano in the North American title match. And they kind of fell into this comedy sketch role. So here's the way I think about these cuts, right? Especially those three, because there were like seven more, but they're people that we didn't Harlan, have. Whole, um, didn't have Joe a whole Gacy's, lot of TV time. Uh, uh, right hand man, uh, right. Persia Parada. I can't think of the other five. But they're, they're people that didn't have as much TV time as those three. Certainly, right. Dexter Loomis and Dakota Kai. Had a lot of TV time. Dakota Dakota Kai Kai had a couple, yeah, I was going to say she had a couple of high profile fuse with uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, and they were tag. They they tag were a champs. team and everything. Oh, and she bang. had a big turn and everything. Yep. And I made this joke last week or maybe two weeks ago about OVW being NXT zero point five, right? <laughs> but really, if you start thinking about NXT as OVW, where it really is this developmental promotion that's really just hey we're just trying to see who gets up there it's not even like it's not even like the g league it's like it's not even like baseball a or triple or double a it's baseball triple a but at a certain point if this person's never going to get to the bigs they just drop them off because those three guys those three performers bivens dakota kai dexter loomis we're all right on the cusp of being, okay, are we going to bring them up here or not? And if Vince or Kevin Dunn or who, whoever it is doesn't see they money, do, doesn't, see, doesn't see money in them, then they just drop them. That's probably better for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. In the long run, I would rather them, you know, 
at least be able to, like you said, control their narrative. Now, AEW can't sign everybody. I don't. They can't sign everybody, but like this last weekend told us, like there are people that make their living professional wrestling that aren't on TV that are really good at what they do. I think you know, like. In Dakota Kai's case, I think it would, she should probably go the Amber Moon route and wrestle some indies and then figure, you know, build her stock back up. And then if somebody wants her at that point, you know, you go to the highest bidder. Dexter There's also go- some people that are going to just become real estate agents. That's <laughs> that's fine, too. Like, just, you know, you can be like, hey, I was a former pro wrestler. Hopefully yeah, that... Can you see Dexter movies be like, you know what? If you don't buy this house, I'm gonna cut your fucking neck off. No, he would just draw you a <laughs> draw you a caricature. <laughs> Malcolm Bivens is the one. I would love to and this is the only He's one. He's a really young guy though. He's younger than you think he is. Thirty five. I think he's younger than that. What? Hold on, let me check. Go ahead. Keep Malcolm Bivens is the guy that if there's any one of the ten releases from WWE that I would love to see go to AEW, it would be Malcolm Bivens. I liked him as Stokey, Hath- Stokey Hathaway in Evolve. Um, he had his own little faction there. He's got MJF ties. I think the addition of... This shit doesn't have the year that he was born. His birthday's November 12th. It's like, Scorpio's okay. in the house? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, see, there you go. Another reason to like... Uh, Me and two bald black guys. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason to like Stokey Hathaway. Uh, I would be more interested to see him and MJF paired up as heel-manager uh, combination. You'd have uh, uh, Mark Sterling as the heel-lawyer um, in this case for MJF. I think it, it's got some possibilities to run with. I think... Malcolm Bivens is an amazing talent, especially like I said, as the uh, as a heel manager. Heel managers thrive in AEW, at least they could if you really put some uh, heart and soul into it. I think it would be an interesting conversation to have. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but if there's one person I would see, I would like to see go to AEW would be uh, Malcolm Bivens. Me too. I think that he is a singular talent. I think that that's something that's not very easy, and it's something that he does really well. Smart Mark Sterling does really well. Agreed. Paul Heyman does really well. Agreed. It's kind of a lost art. Heyman's on another whole other level. I mean, shit, that's a a whole other universe. But, I mean, Heyman is 35 years older than Smart Mark Sterling, so Smart Mark Sterling probably could get to Heyman level at some point. If he stayed in it for 35 years, maybe. I just think it's kind of a lost art. I agree. I'll, I'll miss the heel manager. When I grew up watching WWE, it was Bobby Heenan. It was Mr. Fuji. It and was Bobby, Jimmy Hart. Bobby Heenan was I mean, even better than Paul Heyman. He's, he's the guy that I think of when I think of heel managers. It's the first person I think of. It's Bobby Heenan. Whether it was his obsession with seeing Hulk Hogan lose, he was certainly the funniest. Oh yeah, you know, on commentating him and uh, Gorilla Monsoon are two of my favorites all time. They had an amazing chemistry together. Some of his, you know, when Hulk Hogan flipped, 
but it Ma- turned to NWO. So his Ma- call there, I think, is still but one I of mean, the best Malcolm wins. Bivens is one of those guys that he's young enough to where, like, if he stuck with it, he would be great. I don't think he's going anywhere. I just think he's got to plan out his his next move. You know, wait the uh, the non compete clause out and figure it out from there. I will say one thing about the uh, when you're talking about the the AAA analogy with NXT. Apparently, they're going to do ninety day reviews of all the contracted talent and then decide yeah, you know, heard, whether you stay or go. I heard something like they were doing systematic drops. Okay, now here's my problem with that, and I I get it. I don't you know you got to figure out who's you know. Available, not available. Who's progressing? You who's can't have a problem with it. Like no. you don't even watch it. Here's my problem with it: if you're not putting talent on TV to see whether or not they're progressing or regressing, then you know you're making you know, I guess snap judgments. I don't think Dexter Loomis should have been you know released. That's just me. I think that you know for for WWE purposes, he works. You think Vince makes snap judgments? <laughs> he makes snap judgments all the time. Okay, so we're trying to, at least I'm trying to. I got a prediction him, coming up later that is all about him making a snap judgment. I have a prediction too. Yes, okay. Cool. Okay, yeah. Then all right. <laughs> so so you didn't watch Cameron Grimes versus Sola Sokoa versus Carmelo Hayes. It sounds like an amazing match, but I did not watch it. It fucking ruled. It was spectacular. It was three guys that who were, took the pin. Oh shit! Uh, I want to say Carmelo Hayes did. It wasn't solo. Yeah, Cameron Grimes won. He pinned Carmelo Hayes. Interesting. Okay. I think. I don't know. It was just a really fun match. No, it's just, it sounds like they're three top. Uh, Nathan Frazier versus nice. Grayson Waller. Did you see Grayson Waller's new move? That's like this flip. Off the top rope, unprettier. Flip off the top. I'm trying to imagine that in my head. It's impossible to imagine, I understand. But it is an unprettier. But the guy is like on his knees, face down. And he's he's on the turnbuckle. And he flips over, and grabs the guy's shoulders from underneath and unprettiers him. So he grabs the shoulders while they're in flight? While he's in flight. Okay. Yeah, I would have to see that for myself because I, I, I got I to f- find it. It's unbelievable. Uh, we'll keep talking, though. No, uh, I was going to say, I'll give Grayson Waller all the credit in the world. Did you see the Creeds versus the Viking Raiders? Great Why? match. Oh, it's a great match, man. Those are big, meaty dudes slapping meat. meat. Man. Okay, I get it, but I'm just saying, you know, for this scenario, I would, and I'm just going to go out on a limb on this one, I'm going to assume that the Creed brothers won. Yes, okay. the Creed brothers won with a little bit of shenanigans. Roderick Strong came out. Okay, all right, fair enough. They're, they're going to hold Roger Strong to contract. Okay, I ain't got, what else? I mean, he'll just go over to... Uh, Oh, I'm showing oh, Jason this. Okay, I'm showing Jason okay, this move. Okay, you see what okay, I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah, an unprettier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's okay. I'm thinking they're coming. They're both coming off That's the road. That's badass, though, right? It's, it's a nice little finisher. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice little finisher. It's like his Fisher. He's just fucking around. Oh, okay. He's That's just Grayson Waller fucking around. Okay. Grayson Waller, look, as much as I'm not a huge fan of, I guess, the character, I don't know him, obviously, as a person. The character kind of rubs me the wrong way. What he does what, in like ring. like the acclaimed rub me the wrong way? Yes, sir. 
So that's good heel. Okay. Right? Fine. That's what you said to me about the acclaim. Fine. No right. problem with that. Good. I will always say that Grayson Waller in the ring is kind of almost an idiot savant where he shouldn't be doing the things that he's doing, and he's getting over with his athleticism. This his character is a heat magnet. See Aquain and uh, the Gun Club. I expect them to be doing the same, you know, heat magnet shit. So let me tell you about Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. Please, because I was I saw not a good match. Really? No. Joe Gacy, I like. They didn't have a good match. No, I mean Braun Breaker has a, has had good matches, but they're always good matches with good wrestlers. Right, so now Braun Breaker's with Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy's been wrestling longer than Braun Breaker. Yeah. Yes, everybody's been wrestling longer, longer than, than Braun Breaker. Breaker. It was not a good match. It was a little sloppy in some parts. I'm a Braun Breaker guy. I think they've presented them really well. I think they've gotten them over really well. And Minus I, the Dolph, Higler, or Dolph Ziggler uh, title reign. That's just me. I think he should have just kept it and ran with it, but that's just me. Yeah, but still, Dolph Ziggler was there to get Ron Breaker over. Okay. I don't see... I don't know why you're trying to get your OVW champ over with Dolph Ziggler, but I guess it's because it's on TV. What else? Anyway, Ron Breaker beats Joe Gacy. Fine. That's what yeah, everybody expected to happen. Should, that's what should happen. These two druids show up. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. And then the show cuts off. That's it. That was it. And you could hear Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett being like, who the fuck are these guys, right? So apparently if you go to WWE.com, you can watch the rest of it. But apparently Gacy and Breaker were supposed to hit their marks, and they didn't hit their marks. And they couldn't do overrun on the show. So the show had to cut cut off. off. And that's why you hear guys that used to write for WWE say you always have to hit your TV marks. You have to hit your TV marks because they're showing Independence Day after this or whatever. You know, whatever, in the line of fire. <laughs> Temptation Island. Right. <laughs> but I say, ooh, mama going to be next, mad. Next Friday. You know? <laughs> and it's... But anyway, they showed it, and it was completely stupid because they have these two druids that, like, drag Braun Breaker out, and they drag him on a stretcher of barbed wire. Damn. And people think that this is uh, the Grizzly Young Veterans. <sighs> okay. I've not seen NXT for a while. I did see a clip where... Grizzly Just Young watch veterans. it, dude. You watch no, everything else. No, fuck that. You watch everything Th- else. This okay. Here's the reason why. One reason why I won't watch NXT. How they have booked some of my favorite talent. Grizzly Young veterans have no business. Being That's some of your these. favorite talent. Fucking a right. Grizzly, Zach, Grizzly Zach Young Gibson veterans is a straight up heat magnet Mark. on the fucking mic. Mark. And if you don't know that, then that's on you. He's Secondly, the fact that they are. One of the better tag teams that hasn't even been presented well on NXT. That's another fucking problem. You can't have these guys run around here being thieves and, you know, trying to be, you know, Ocean's Eleven and all this other bullshit. That's the biggest crock of horse shit I've ever seen in my life. Just let these guys wrestle. That's what they do. That being said... I saw something where they were like, oh, we're breaking up or whatever. More so were reason why I don't want to watch this. And now you're going to give me some druids that come out after the fact that Joe Gacy loses the time. Look, man, 
I get it. You release Harlan. Okay, maybe this is a Harlan spot where he was supposed to come in. Guys missed their mark. I get it. Okay, look, I'll just say it. Braun Breaker shouldn't have lost to Dolph Ziggler. I'm on record in saying that. If you're going to make that guy strong, just have him mow through the fucking division and then have the guy that you want to be the next guy, have him beat Braun Breaker, have Braun Breaker move to the main roster, have this guy, you know, be the NXT champion. You can move along from that point. The fact that I don't even watch NXT and I'm starting to get a little worked up about it bothers me, okay? This is just silly-ass shit. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't yeah, have Yeah, but a, that should bother you more about you than it does about NXT. No, it, it bothers like, me about. Oh, look, I'm getting worked about the up. No, it bothers I'm me worked about, up about NXT the shit that I shouldn't weekly, care about. Weekly, you want to bring it up so we talk about it. And the fact that we, I started to get mad about it is the fact that the reason why I don't watch that shit. Listen, it's just I, hard to watch listen, seven hours of nonsense. I like wrestling. I like wrestling too, but I, I can't watch. Se- no, I can't watch seven. You can watch seven hours of nonsense. At a certain point, I got to start drawing the line. Look, yeah, I like this watch- better. I like that better, and I like that better. Yeah, sure. So why should I watch this? Because I know where it is. Shit. I'd rather not spend the thirty minutes looking for where it is because I know okay. where it is. No, okay, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. So no, no, if you no, want to no, watch no, Impact, no, no, no. it's real easy. Okay, no, and I Impact. Hate, yeah, I, hate, I can watch Impact. Okay, I, I hate tape people. it every week. Okay, and I just you still don't, don't watch, watch it. it. No, <laughs> so I don't have time. <laughs> so here's more so of my problem. You rather watch NXT that nonsense that cuts off on can a weekly you? basis? Can I tell you? Can I tell you what happens? I'm here alone on Tuesday nights with the baby. Aaron goes to work at like 4 o'clock. So it's me and the baby. Baby goes down about 7, 7, 10. Ooh, I've been, good time to watch Impact. On Tuesday nights? You got it taped, motherfucker. You can watch it from the week before. I like watching live television, Oh, though. Jesus Christ. No, I do. I like watching live television. So, And also, I don't want to go back and forth from recorded shit to live shit because I'm watching the NBA every Tuesday night also. You know what you could be doing instead of watching NXT? Dude, Watch the NBA. I got it on. No, but there's commercials, dude. <gasps> oh, my God. There's commercials on the NBA. You think I'm going to watch commercials? No, that's where you go. You know, check on NMA, use the bathroom, get, get your treats, get your smoke in, come back. You got two, three minutes, man. What if I just want to flip over to fucking wrestling, though, or flip over to basketball? You know, you can flip over to NXT if you want to. Just take the L here. No. Just take the L. You can't spell Jason Bell without two L's. <laughs> you, you tell me why I get the first one, and then you we can talk about <laughs> You tell me why I get the first one, I'll give you the second right, one at that fine. point. I don't feel like talking about NXT anymore. Let's get to that. Let's get those predictions. My point exactly. We got some predictions. Predictions. You get no, no, no. It's not that one. It's top, top right. Hey, everybody. We got some predictions this week. <laughs> There's only six matches on this card. It should be, man. It's. Been, I'm, I'm sorry. I, th- I think they're gonna. Uh, they're going to improvise and get a seventh match. I think. On I think we'll get Kevin Owens versus. Ezekiel. You think that'll be? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, I can see that happen. Let, let's let's start with the I Quit match. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Go ahead. Um, 
I quit match, obviously, for the SmackDown title. Um, I'll be honest, man. I just, I, I really thought that Ronda Rousey probably should have won it at WrestleMania. Obviously didn't. Yeah, uh, Bianca win it, so you couldn't have both baby faces win it. So you, you know, protected Charlotte on this, on that match at WrestleMania. I would be stunned. Absolutely stunned if all of a sudden now they double down on it and have Charlotte win this second match. It's an I quit match. There's no there's no shame in Charlotte tapping. I mean, we've seen that before. So in this scenario, I expect this to be a 20-minute match. It should be, it needs to be the best of the bunch. I'm taking Ronda Rousey to win the SmackDown women's title. I wrote it down before, Jason. Uh, I wrote it down while you were talking because <laughs> I don't because I didn't want to seem like I was piggybacking off of you, but I don't think there's any way that they have Ronda Rousey say I quit. No, that would be the worst thing for her character right now. The absolute worst. A- thing. Unless she's going away for another three years. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you forget about it because WWE will let you forget about it. Right. At this point, she's here for the, the foreseeable future. I'm not sure what the next match would be after Ronda Rousey, but yeah, I just I can't see her saying I quit. Totally agree. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Omos. I'll go first. They added MVP into this. I heard that MVP wasn't their first option for Omos's manager. Who was? I don't know. I would assume like AJ or Malcolm Bivens. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, bring somebody black over here, man. Let, let the brothers talk for the brothers. There's two ways this can go, and I hate giving you all this information because this is going to help your pick. Um, my pick's already made. Well, go ahead. Give me your pick. Then. I'm taking Omos. I just I can't see them not being able to put Bobby Lashley on the back burner. You gave Omos MVP. You've really kind of pushed him to the point where now he needs to have a big signature win. Not saying AJ's not a big signature win. Bobby Lashley is more so of the Omos physical stature. It looks more even. I'm going to take Omos just because it, it, it makes the most sense. Not saying that WWE makes sense, but go ahead. Yeah, I'll take Omos also, but the, the other situation that I am presenting is that Two days before, like right now, Vince could be like, we're playing this whole thing about Omos. It's Omos MVP. And he's like, you know what? Next week or next month at Armageddon or whatever, he's like, Lashley's going to have to face Roman Reigns. And so we have to keep him strong. That's the only thing that stops me. Now, if if we're just going to stick with the story that's Lashley and Omos and MVP, which is the way it should be, I could also see this being a uh, no finish. Ugh, gross. If it's a no finish, I'll take two points. Uh, coming up next, we have... How you getting the credit for no finish and taking two points? What the fuck? You get a one point. Do you want to... Get- you get one point. You can get a point for a no finish. One. Yeah, but if I, if I guess that Bobby Lashley retains he, he, what retains what what's he retaining motherfucker it's win pride <laughs> he probably All lost right. that coming back they've obviously movie. done this because Roman Reigns <laughs> is hurt like they're not telling anybody Roman Reigns has to be hurt so it's turned into Maybe. a six way match 
with RK Bro and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodline. Who do you have? Not a fan of the build. Um, I partially agree with you for the fact that I think Roman Reigns is legitimately hurt, and in that, and the fact that I think they're waiting for Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns for a stadium-style event, aka SummerSlam. That all being said. I'm going to take the baby faces here. Um, there's got to be a build towards uh, Roman versus Drew, a loss in a triple, th- not a triple threat match, but a six man t- uh, match is a good way to do it. Uso's getting pinned. Good way to continue a storyline that probably should already be happening with the undisputed tag team titles. I'll take the baby faces. I'll take the bloodline. I don't see Roman Reigns losing in the main event of the event. Unless this is not the main event, unless Cody Seth is, that would be a better move because that is the thing that everybody's looking forward to. But that's also the thing that we're not going to talk about until the very end. So we have uh, Happy Corbin, Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Who do you have? Who gives a fuck? I can care oh, less I do. about I'm this taking match. Madcap, I know you do. I'm taking Madcap Moss. I do give a fuck. I think they should put the rocket to him. I think he's fucking great. Him Dude. versus Austin Theory. WrestleMania 2023. For what? For what? The heavyweight. Belt. Oh, dude, stop this nonsense right now. Jesus, I'd rather have Corbin in that match for fuck's sake. And I don't even like fucking Corbin. Ooh. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Um, I really wanted to go again. I really want to take Corbin. I'm just not going to. I'll take Mad Cat Moss. Oh, gross. Well, this is boring. We only have two things off. Okay, so. Do you want to go first for AJ Edge or you want me to? I can go first. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, obviously, we were giving Bullet Club all kinds of love at the beginning of the pod. AJ comes out. Well, not AJ comes out. <laughs> excuse me. Um, Finn Bauer comes out and makes the save on AJ Styles. And they do the too sweet. And WWE crowd goes absolutely ballistic. Because they think we're going to get a Bullet Club-esque reunion in WWE. I don't know how many times that I I or other people have to tell the hardcore WWE fan base. But I'll tell you this right now. If WWE didn't come up with it, it's not going to happen. It doesn't exist. And this will not exist. I did not know. It is a totally swerve. Jason, no, you just swerved me. Okay, well then, here we go. Finn Bauer's going to come out at some point on Sunday and cost AJ Styles this match and join this Judgment Day faction. So I'm taking edge for that reason alone that AJ Styles will get swerved by Finn Bauer thinking that it is Bullet Club all day, every day, and it ain't Bullet Club. Why? Because Bullet Club didn't come into WWE. Bullet Club wasn't invented by WWE. So guess what? Bullet Club doesn't exist for WWE. They got me the first time when they got me with AJ Styles and Finn Bauer in that little impromptu match. They ain't getting me a second time. I'm taking edge. Uh, you stole my thunder. I had already written out Edge is for the exact same reason. I, I think that's a good reason. I think if Finn Balor joins Edge's new brood or whatever you want to call it. It's Judgment Day, but whatever. That's the name of the group? That used to be the name of pay-per-view, though. Ah. I think that's going to be kind of a... Blinking, I know. also want Rhea Ripley to join them, but patience, I, my boy. Patience. I'm, 
Did you just call me boy? My boy. Uh, so we have one match left, and this is one that we can seriously disagree on. I'm going to write mine down. Okay. All right. I don't want you to look. All right, Jason, I want you to go first. Cody versus Seth is the the match um, that I'm looking forward to the most. I agree with Bill. It probably, at this point, should be the main event just because of story time invested in. And it's honestly, for me, it's the, the one angle that I like the most. Now, obviously, you had uh, Seth Rollins lose round one. I really want to take Seth in round two. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take Seth Rollins for round two. I just can't see them getting away from this until we have Roman Reigns defeat whoever their next opponent is. My guess, obviously, is Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. That would make sense. So if you're going to do on the flip side on Raw, you want to have your best foot moving forward. At this point, the best foot moving forward is Cody versus Seth. The way you can continue it is have Seth win this second match, have a tiebreaker at Money in the Bank and or SummerSlam. I'm taking Seth Rollins. I had written down before you said it. I'm taking Seth Rollins also. I think that we need a trilogy. Um, I think it would be a... I just don't think they're going to have Seth Rollins lose two in a row. Now, they could... They had Triple H lose three in a row to Batista. They did though. Um, it would be, but it would be cool. I'll go this far. I wouldn't be mad if Cody won. I wouldn't be mad if Cody lost. I would be excited if Cody lost because that means we're getting round three. If Cody won, it goes back to what I've said before that they have to bring him over and present him strong as humanly possible. One of the ways to do it is have him being Seth Rollins twice clean. And then from there, you know, if you want, you you want to go with the Roman Reigns portion at that point, knock yourself out. Um, I'm just kind of disappointed in the uh, the addition of Drew and Roman with that six man. Just just have that Uso. Just kind just kind of disappointed. It's actually, I'll go this far, and I said it on Twitter today. WWE had me coming back after WrestleMania. And I wasn't a big fan of WrestleMania, wasn't looking forward to it, but the two or three matches that they had was like, okay, you know, I want to see what happens next. And they failed to capitalize on the little momentum that they had, at least for me, moving forward from that point on. This feels like a a literal throwaway premium event for those who like that term. I'm going with pay-per-view because I'm still paying for that shit because I pay for Peacock, so it's a pay-per-view for me. This feels like a throwaway. I have one match to look forward to and one match alone, and that's the hopefully the main event, Cody versus Seth. This is banned from ringside. I'll say about this, Jeff. The match kind of writes itself. It's going to be a special night. Sunday ain't going to be special. Uh, we got... We got birthdays this week. Birthdays. Look, I see you writing them down at the last minute. Look at you. Val Venus. <laughs> Hello, 50, 50 ladies. Cents. Oh, that's pretty good. Do it again. Hello, ladies. That's pretty good. Mr. Kennedy, a.k.a. Mr. Anderson. Kennedy. Anderson. Kennedy. He's only 46. 
What? Hold God, on. That doesn't old. seem right, does it? No, he should be yeah, older than me. Yeah, he's 46. God he was born in 1976. Jesus Christ. Bruce Pritchard is 59. Chase Owens is 32. Tyler Bate. 26? 25. <laughs> God damn. 25. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Tyler Bate? But no, I should say that he's still, he's still over at NXT UK. Uh, Chase Owens is thirty six. No, that's not right. Oh, Chase Owens is thirty two. What? Yeah, Chad Gable is thirty six. What the fuck? Chad Tyler Gable Bay is, is older 25. than dude. What? <sighs> yeah, Chad Gable is, is older years. than Chase Owens. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Rick Steiner is sixty one. Have we found him from captivity since Joe Gacy uh, captured his ass? Okay, thank you. You it's rolled bad, your eyes. It's a bad angle. You rolled your eyes, and that's why I don't, I that's why I don't watch NXT. Angle. That's why I don't watch NXT. I never said it wasn't a bad angle, and Luchasaurus is 37. <laughs> hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so Talk we to appreciate him, you guys listening to our podcast. For two years, Zach Pollen, for Tender Mahal, Jack. for Wrestling at the Grandel or Grandel Wrestling. Double check. For Lucha Chris, for check. Patriot Pat, check. for Vice, check. for Jason Cornelius Bell. Konnichiwa, bitches. Uh, support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Support check. your local bartenders. Double check. Black Lives Matter. Check. Boo the heels. <laughs>